Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Ogumba Wallet for the win! You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Hey, women's basketball fans, Erica Lindsay Ayala here for another episode of Locked On Women's Basketball. If you're not already subscribed, go to your favorite podcast platform. Go check out Locked On Women's Basketball, also known as Locked On WBB. Give us a subscribe, write us a review. We're giving you the best hashtag women's basketball content that you can find. As you know, on Tuesdays, I like to give you essential resources. So not only will you hear Howard do excellent one-on-one interviews with your favorite coaches and players throughout women's basketball, not only on Monday will you hear Amy Audibert and Gabe Ibrahim and analyze everything that's going on. You've got a writer, you've got a broadcaster, those two together give you a a big picture overview, dive into some of the topics. They talked about the transfer portal uh, this week, Monday, but you have me. I'm giving you essential resources, everything you need to know and where you need to know to go when it comes to women's basketball. We've talked about her hoop stats. We've talked about across the timeline. We have talked about Winsider. We have talked about power plays. I gave you an exclusive interview with the creators of the Origin Collection. Yes, Jasmine and Kevin from New Jersey Sets. And Jasmine, of course, we got game two, collaborated on the Origin Collection. It's the hottest gear for WNBA heads, especially those old heads. Go check out past episodes. But it's not Tuesday. It's not It's not Friday, and it's not Monday. Today is Thursday. And so on Thursdays, I am your host, Erica Lindsay Ayala, giving you Social Justice Thursdays. And as I promised earlier in the week, we're going to talk about getting ready to vote. I spent this morning uh, and the afternoon, really, on the Big East virtual media call. Usually we're at Madison Square Garden, Val Ackerman speaking center court not just about women's basketball, but she is the commissioner of all of the Big East Conference. And so she talked about men's basketball on the the Wednesday conference. Usually we're in New York City talking about all of that. But of course, COVID-19, we made other plans, but it was still a good time. So I'm going to use what I got from the Big East Conference and give you a little bit of an update a big overview of what the Big East is doing regarding social justice and uh, voter registration education. And then I really want to leave with some comments from Gino Ariema. So next week, both episodes, I'm going to get into the Big East. But for this episode, again, I'm going to recap some of what we've already heard from WNBA players as they told us the plans that they have to vote or uh, what they're doing to get out the word about voting. We're going to recap that and I'm going to give you a little bit of what we got from the Big East Media Day, including 
I asked all the head coaches the same question. What resources did you, do you have available for social justice um, and racial justice conversations? And Gino, he wanted to talk about voting. And so you know what? I'm going to play for you exactly what Gino said. Because again, if this is the voting episode, it fits what Gino said. Even though I'm, I'm like... If I'm being honest, like as a journalist, he didn't really, he didn't answer the question. It's not very often that someone doesn't answer my question and I'm okay with it. But in this case, it was perfectly fine. In this first segment, what I want to do is remind you of some of the conversations that I had when the love letter to WNBA players came out. You may remember that I talked to executive committee members, uh, that being from the WNBPA, I spoke to some executive members, Elizabeth Williams, who plays for the Atlanta Dream, and Natalie Achanwa, who plays for the Indiana Fever. So in this first segment, I'm going to play a little bit about what both of them said about what the WNBA is doing now that the season is over, Seattle Storm won the championship. So now what? What are they doing leading up to November 3rd? So first, let's go to Natalie Achanwa, who is Canadian, and although she lives in Indiana, uh, she is not a U.S. citizen as of right now. So it's really interesting to hear what Natalie Achanwa had to say about preparing for an election, even though she's not able to vote in the election. Yes, I'm Canadian. Yes, I was born in Canada, but I live here in the U.S. I can't vote. I live here. Mm. I own a home here. I have a family here. But I can't vote. So when, you, when my friends have the privilege to vote and haven't registered, best believe I'm blowing up their phone. Because if you're not going to vote for yourself, go vote for me. And I'm not telling you who to vote for. That is your right, but it is a disadvantage to me, someone you call a friend or family. It is a disadvantage to the kids that are running around my house right now. It's a disadvantage to anybody in your family that doesn't have the privilege to vote, to not utilize your right. I can't vote, so maybe I can help work the poll, because especially in Marion County here in Indianapolis, you're, you're seeing a huge deficiency in poll opportunities, which, mm. yes, there's early voting, but it's still going to lead to long lines, and we're going to have <laughs> difficulties voting here. So I said, okay, let me try to go see if I can work a poll and maybe help my community. Can't work a poll. Only can you work a poll is if you're in Indiana, if you're a citizen, um, and have the ability to vote. Mm. So now I'm exploring other options. I found another group that, I don't know if they're going to let me help, but they provide rides to... Um, to um, people that are trying to vote here in, in uh, Indianapolis. So that's going to be my next reach out to see if, hey, maybe if I can help transportation or maybe there's something I can help on the, on the day of in November. So uh, yesterday, my boyfriend and I were looking over the, what the ballot looks like in Indiana. <laughs> and there's things on here that I didn't even realize you vote for, like our public school board, yeah. um, <laughs> our township board members. And I think there's always such a focus on who you're voting for in the presidential election is that we don't put enough emphasis on voting all the way down the ballot. And 
once again, starting in my circle and, and really trying to not only educate myself, but educate those around me was, hey, have you looked up the other people on the ballot? Have you looked up who you're going to vote for for governor? Um, a lot of these other um, jobs we're voting for are the ones that you'll actually see the quicker and individually impacting decisions being made at a level that are in your community. Yes, it's important, of course, to vote for the president because he sets the tone and he's the commander in chief. But your attorney generals, your governors, they're the ones that are putting in laws that you'll see in your communities. Your district attorney, these are people that are voted in. So it's important to not only just do your research and know who you're voting for at the presidential level. It's important to know all the way down the ballot prior to showing up to voting day, who you align with, who shares your values, who shares your ideals, and who you would like representing you and your family at various levels of the government. And what I loved from what we heard about Natalie is make a plan. And in trying to make a plan, she realized that there were some things, unfortunately, in this United States democracy, I'm using air quotes there, but we digress. I digress, per usual. In this American democracy, if you're not an American citizen, there are even some limitations to what you can do. And some of that varies state by state, but all the more reason and what Natalie and the WNBA have been saying is to make your plan, have your, you know, do your research. And I will have some links in the description. Rock the Vote has been a partner of the WMBPA for a number of years. So we'll give you those links um, and, and make your plan. But here's Elizabeth Williams talking about the big picture, had an unprecedented uh social justice council, social justice platform in the WNBA, but now the season is over. The teams are split up. The players are all around the world, quite literally. So what does that mean? Does that mean that that the work stops? No. No, of course it doesn't. Here's what Elizabeth Williams had to say. Oh, that's tough. Um, I, <laughs> I mean, I think a lot of I think I think a lot of what the future will look like kind of will be determined by this election and like voter turnout. And if we end up finding out there still is a, a massive voter suppression, um, if we see that people are starting to vote locally and what that looks like, and if we start to see legislative changes, I think that will kind of determine what our future looks like as, as the leadership. Um, but I think for right now, we're trying to stay in this moment of the momentum going into election season, um, emphasizing the importance of voting and just keeping the social justice movement active. I think even as we're heading into the finals, the fact that um, for the playoffs, all the teams have their vote t-shirts, like we still have little things that we've been able to do. Um, and so it's for us, I think it's about keeping the momentum and then kind of seeing what happens uh, come November. All right, folks, so Natalie Achanwa reminding us to make a plan. Make your plan. If you've already done either early voting or vote by ballot, 
thumbs up to you. I'm giving you a high five for everyone else like myself. This is actually my last day in quarantine. Oh, quarantine. Remember I told you about that big project. I'm going to get more into that, I promise, in the next segment. But um, the whole point of me even going on that tangent was to remind you to make a plan. So I'm in the process of making my plan. I have still a handful of days once I finish quarantine where I can go early vote in New York State. I can early vote now. Um, So I'm in the process of making my plan A, my plan B, my plan C, etc. And of course, having a plan on election day, if it turns out that that's what works best for my schedule. So make a plan, make a plan, make a plan. In the next segment, I'm going to give you an update on how my quarantine is going. And and honestly, this kind of does, in in a way, deal with... um, with voter education, WMBPA, and their partnership with Rock the Vote, and why it's important to make a plan. I promise it, it, it all fits. I've been dying to tell you about this story. So coming up next, we'll talk about that, and it will lead us into be part of our continued conversation about being prepared for November 3rd, 2020, Election Day in the United States. Election Day 2020, November 3rd. We're going to get back to that. But first, a word from our sponsor, rockauto.com. Listen, the reason we love rockauto.com is because it's a one-stop shop. Regardless of if you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer, you can find reliably low prices, you can find them all in one place, and you can shop for the best fit for your vehicle and for your budget. So rockauto.com. They have everything from engine control modules to brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. You can even get new carpet at rockauto.com. And again, whether it's for your classic or daily driver, everything you need is just a few easy clicks away and delivered directly to your door. rockauto.com, family-owned business, operating for the last 20 years, and of course, as I've mentioned, best of all, the prices for rockauto.com are always reliably low. So go to rockauto.com right now, and you can find what's available for your vehicle. Right, locked on in their how did you hear about us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com all right everybody i know you probably have been tired the last two weeks and probably before i was talking about this trip that i was taking to tennessee and i was probably talking about it a lot because i knew not only was i going to be traveling in the middle of a pandemic but i knew that i was going to have to quarantine when i got back and then when i got to new york state i've been talking about how i've been in quarantine i'm still in my hotel this is my last night in my hotel room before I get to go to my own bed, sleep in my own bed, and be in my own apartment. But it was all worth it because today, while I was on the Big East media call, we're going to get to the Big East clips in a little bit, but while I was on the Big East media call 2020 virtual edition, my story on Terry Jackson, the executive director of the WNBA Players Association, dropped. Ugh. I'm so glad that I can say that now. Um, Sports Illustrated, in partnership with uh, Symmetra, I believe it is. Um, Actually, Subert and Megan Rapinoe 
have been doing commercials for for this company. I think they're Washington State based. Anyway, um, Sports Illustrated and Symmetra created this list called the Unrelenting. And what was cool is that there are a lot of WNBA players that made the list. Neka Ogumike made the list. Um, Maya Moore is on the list. And Terry Jackson is on the list. And I got to write her feature. Now, everyone, I believe, gets a feature written about them. But some features also have an accompanying video element and that's why I was in Tennessee and one of the fun things is that during that trip um Terry invited us to go with her and her husband to early vote we just happened to be there October 14th was the first day to early vote in the state of Tennessee and so Terry texted me and she's like hey do you and the crew want to come we're going early voting we're going at 7 a.m it's gonna be great and I was like oh I was like, gosh, it's already going to be a really long day, I'm thinking to myself. But I was like, okay, the camera guy, uh, I was working with a, a great, great person. His first name is Luke. And I was like, okay, if Luke is down, I'm down. And Luke was like, oh, all right. We were both tired, but we were like, got to do it for the story. Okay, boom. So, but we were going to meet Terry and her family at seven, which really meant that we had to get there early because Luke wanted to get some, um, drone footage right of the sun rising and in memphis tennessee and it was going to be awesome so we got there even earlier and we get there and you know no one's really there but it was really cool luke showed me how to work drones and all of this stuff and kind of the shot that he was looking for and then terry and her husband come over and there's still nobody there and it's already like after seven o'clock turns out and this is why it's important to make a plan. You're probably like, Erica, where is this story going? I promise there's a point. It turns out that Terry asked us to meet at her usual polling place, which is a school. We are there on November 14th, but when there's early voting, a lot of states have different locations because a lot of polling places are usually schools. At least this is my theory. It's like, you know, if schools are in session, you know, sans pandemic, you probably don't want for two plus weeks ahead of the election to have all the, that interruption in a school. Anyway, so it was a really funny story. Uh, we went and got breakfast. We actually went to, um, you know, one of the family houses, had breakfast, and then went and followed Terry and her husband, Jaron, to early vote. So one, I say that because now I can tell you what I was doing. The I will link the article. Two, it's just a funny kind of story like they were so excited uh but three it's the importance of having a plan and so all of that to say now you know why I was in Memphis Tennessee you can read the article for Sports Illustrated there's a video short that's on Twitter and there's also the longer version like the nine minute version or so where you can see the footage of us doing the early vote so I highly recommend that again the description has the links And so why do I mention that? Well, because when I was on the Big East call, there are several schools, uh, Seton Hall being one of them, St. John's, and UConn, that specifically mentioned not only having all of their athletes who were eligible, because you have to be 18 or older, not only having all of their athletes who are 18 or old, older registered to vote, but they all have a voting plan. Now, for some of the athletes, 
and Kristen Williams from UConn was one of them. For some of those athletes, that means that they will have to uh, or have already um, requested and potentially submitted an absentee valid ballot, excuse me, or voted by mail. For other athletes maybe who um, are from the, the state in which they are going to school, they might be able to go to a polling place. But here's another thing that a lot of people don't know that I actually learned when I went to school in North Carolina. There are places where you can use your college address. Um, at least this was the case when I was in college. You could use your dormitory, your dormitory address to register to vote. I was also a political science major, so that's probably why I know this. And then some would, would run for office. So for local elections, the town of Elon would sometimes have active Elon students running for positions uh, on, you know, city council and stuff like that. So I always thought that was fascinating. I know. I also studied political science. So, of course, I had to learn a lot about local government and politics and it was kind of cool to actually have students that I could talk to because they were active in the community that they were living in. Anyway, St. John's, Seton Hall University, and UConn definitely have talked about during the Big East Media Day or the coaches I should say talked about not only registering all of their student athletes who are eligible, they have 100% of their athletes that meet their, their criteria that are, re are registered to vote and, and that have a plan. And that was something that St. John's in particular and UConn actually talked about. And Gino Oriema talked about that he, he and his uh, family, his wife, have invited the team to watch the election results. And it was all about Gino saying he wants his team to be active and engaged. And also he noted that a lot of what kind of is on the line in this election uh, is, is um, very important to a lot of people. I know I geeked out on my own story. I geeked out on being a poli-sci major. This is a women's basketball podcast, I promise, but we are here to talk about social justice. And I teased a little bit of this um, on my Twitter account, and I left it under the banner of Lockdown Women's Basketball. I asked each Big East head coach essentially how they were planning for the mental and physical um, needs of athletes who aren't able to train how they usually are. And then I also asked for resources that are available when it comes to the platform of social and racial justice that not only the Big East has taken on, not only some schools have taken on, but also some Big East women's basketball athletes have taken on personally. And I asked all of the coaches and in the next two episodes. Coming up next, you will hear from Commissioner Ackerman, and you'll also hear from a few head coaches answering my question about what are some of the things that they uh, and their coaching staff and, of course, their players have access to when it comes to dealing with racial and social justice. All right, so as promised, again, not Tracy Ellis Ross, but Tracy Ellis Ward. Now, Tracy Ellis Ward has been working with the Big East for a, a while now, 
And um, Val Ackerman, in her, in her opening remarks, uh, mentioned that Tracy Ellis Ward has been given a position to oversee kind of the diversity, equity, and inclusion uh, committee that the Big East has, but also that she's not, and, and Tracy Ellis Ward has been with the Big East women's basketball for a while, but here's Val Ackerman talking about Tracy Ellis Ward. Thanks, um, Erica. So um, appreciate your question about Tracy and her, um, her expanded role with the conference following her great efforts um, on behalf of our um, women's basketball programs following in Amber's um, big footsteps there. Um, I'll just sort of by way of background, um, we've been um, you know, quite active over the last two years or so in terms of trying to mobilize our conference around strategies to support the, the cause of DE&I, if you will, and to be of assistance to our schools as they look to um, create um, di diverse and welcoming environments uh, for student athletes and others on their campuses. Um, so we've had for about 18 months now, um, a conference-wide working group with a representative from each of our 10 schools. UConn now has a member on that body as well. And they have been um, helping inform our strategies conference-wide around important topics like hiring, um, around educational programming that can be offered to student athletes and administrators and trying to raise awareness um, for the importance of tolerance um, and, um, and, an, and an equitable world. And so I want to you know, commend Tracy because she has been managing the efforts of our DE&I working group during that 18-month span. She um, has been masterfully coordinating our meetings helping shore up with the recommendations that that group has put forward that we in turn have presented to our presidents who have unanimously and uniformly supported the kinds of strategies that we've put forward. And of course, Tracy's work has been in overdrive over the last six or eight months as we've attempted um, to do the best we can to respond to the terrible events um, back, in, back in June. So her, um, this, this, uh, this expansion, if you will, is a recognition in part of the great work that she's done to guide us in these critically important areas and to, um, you know, and to know that our, our commitment in this area will continue um, as we uh, work to make a difference. We're a college sports organization. There's you know, limits, I think, on what we can do in terms of uh, eliminating systemic racism in our society, which is the bigger goal. But we, we do think we have an opportunity to make a difference and use the, the visibility of the league to, um, to make important messages heard. And we will be looking to Tracy for her leadership and, uh, and her guidance to that end. And this has been a jam-packed show, but we are going to bring it to a close. And I'm going to bring you to a few of the head coaches, uh, a few of the head coaches that spoke um, and answered my question about, um, you know, social social justice and racial justice and the resources available, what, what schools are doing, what teams are doing, what women's basketball teams are doing to continue conversations that it's evidently clear that not all, but a, a good handful of players want to have, especially 
women, and especially black women. So we're going to close out the show hearing from James Howard from Georgetown, the only black head coach in the Big East Women's Basketball Conference. I'm going to go with Anthony Bazella and Gino Oriema. Again, I don't think Gino answered the question that I asked, but the, the answer is perfect as we get ready for election day. My next show is going to be on election day. So I'll get into more of this. This is by no uh, stretch extensive and it was really tough to pick quotes. We're going to leave Doug Bruno and some of the other coaches. Joe Tartamella, I thought, had some great things to say. Megan Duffy had some great things to say. We're going to talk about all of those next week because Tuesday, Thursday is dedicated to the Big East. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Locked On Women's Basketball. I am your Tuesday host, Erica Lindsay Ayala. And to close out the show, once again, let's hear from head coaches James Howard of Georgetown University, Anthony Bazella from Seton Hall, and Gino Oriema from the University of Connecticut. Well, yes, um, as I said earlier, we, we had taken 21 days to just pause for the cause to deal with a lot of the racial injustice and, you know, have... Uh, folks in that could talk to us about mental health issues, but also talk to us about what was going on in this country. And I think we had some powerful speakers, but we also talked about being the change that we want to see. And like Megan, I think the biggest piece is a lot of us, we, we, we have conversation, we talk, but what are your actions? And we want to have an action plan. So we wanted to hear them in each and every day because of where we are in this country we are trying to make the change and we got to be the biggest piece we got to be the walker we got to be the talker we got to be the example and that's what we are preaching to our kids and that's what our kids are preaching to us tony erica that's a wonderful question thank you for um bringing that up and you know, I'm no expert at this, and that's one of the first things I said to our student athletes. But we're blessed here at Seton Hall with great resources. And um, Dr. Cooper has led those resources here, and uh, she's helped our program. We've had numerous meetings, numerous opportunities for our kids to, to share their thoughts and to talk. Um, and, our, and our kids, led by Desiree Elmore, did their own um, peaceful meeting, peaceful group gathering right here at Seton Hall, which was very well attended. I was proud of Des and our team for doing that. Um, but the leadership here at Seton Hall has done a wonderful job, again, giving us the platform, giving us guidance to help our student athletes. And like Doug said, this is going on for many, many years, well before this year. But I think right now we're getting our kids to, to understand, to speak up, and to get a, an understanding of what we're doing and what is going on in today's society. I'm very proud of our program. We're all registered to vote. We're all going to vote. I think those things are big steps in, in getting change and getting us to be unified as a country. And if I wear a T-shirt, that means I support it. But when it comes time to vote, now nah, I'm not going there. Look, I put, the, I put the sign up on my lawn. Come on, leave me alone. I did my part. But come Tuesday, now nah, I'm not going there. No. See, because there's the outward me that shows you I support change in this country, but the inward me for a lot of people, when I go vote, nah, not really. 
Not really. Because if it was true, we wouldn't need signs. We wouldn't need T-shirts. We wouldn't need catchy slogans. We wouldn't need any of that. We wouldn't need buttons. We wouldn't need patches on our jersey. So, yeah, all these things are great. Don't get me wrong. But you know what they all are? They're symbols of what? I care. I want to do my part. Okay. Colin Kaepernick took a knee. How'd that work out for him? So now everybody takes a knee. How's that working out? Hmm? How many white policemen did it stop taking a knee? Huh? But it looked good. So we're, everybody's doing these great things to show their support. But guess what? Your support comes Tuesday. Tuesday. No, no slogans, no buttons, no T-shirts, no signs on your lawn. Just show up Tuesday and do the right thing.